Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Pastor J.D. implores all of us to bring as many people to Jesus as quickly as possible. The title for his message today is Why This, Why Now? With all the years of Bible teaching and prophecy updates under his belt, he's convinced that Jesus' return is closer than any of us can imagine. Seek the Lord and be saved. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on May 16th, 2021. So for today's update, I'm going to need to ask you once again, I hope you don't tire of me asking you this, but I need for you to bear with me today as I do something just a little bit different and paint the prophetic canvas with a broad brush. And this, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that time simply does not permit me to go into great detail by virtue of everything that's now happening. And in so doing, what I'm hoping to do is answer the question of why this and why now? Doubtless you've been following the breaking news out of Israel with all the Hamas rocket and missile attacks being fired from Gaza into Israel. There are no less than five concerns at this juncture, the first of which is the sheer volume of Hamas attacks with seemingly no end in sight. Second, and perhaps more concerning, is the potential for Iran-backed Hezbollah from the north in Lebanon, my birthplace, joining in with what's already been an escalation. And third, this current escalation is leading those who are otherwise very cautious when it comes to this and their commentary on this. They're usually erring on the side of an abundance of caution and try to be the voice of reason. Yeah, this is another flare-up and, you know, there will hopefully, Lord willing, pray that there's a, a ceasefire. Well, they're not saying that. Normally the conservative voices are suggesting now instead that Israel may very well be on the brink of all-out war. And fourth, 
and equally concerning is that this comes at a time when Israel, subsequent to a failure for the fourth time, was unable to elect a prime minister and form a government. Truth be made known, Israel does not have a functioning government at this time. And fifth, and again possibly equally concerning, the U.S. is sending conflicting messages concerning Israel, and even worse, is rumored to be sending $90 billion with a B to Iran, the chief enemy of Israel. Also, here in the U.S., there is now a growing concern about what we're told was a cyber attack on America's largest fuel pipeline. The result has been the all too familiar images that riddle our news feeds of these long lines of cars, only this time instead of being in line for food, they're in line for fuel. Add to this the manufactured crisis pun intended, fueling the fear of an ensuing shortage. There's no shortage. But this fear of an ensuing shortage of not just gas, but goods, supplies, building supplies, and even food. It is a manufactured crisis. If this weren't bad enough, we still have what I'll call, at least for now, <laughs> the global crisis, which, by the way, isn't going away, nor is life ever going back to normal. Sadly, those coerced, even forced, to acquiesce in order to keep their job and or government benefits, do so thinking they're going to get their lives back. Then, to add insult to injury, again pun intended, not only will they never get their lives back, instead their lives will never be the same again. Now, wow, Pastor, that's uh, quite a bleak picture you're painting on the aforementioned prophetic canvas. But would you agree that it does beg the question of why this and why now? You'll forgive me for what may seem like an oversimplification, but the answer to why this is, this is how it ends. And 
The answer to why now is, this is when it ends. Specifically, for Christians, this ends in the rapture. And for those who are not, it ends in the Antichrist's revelation and the seven-year tribulation in that order. Please know that I'm keenly aware of how this can foster despair. However, if that's what it takes to get people to Jesus, so be it. You know, it seems that, and I'm just going to share from my heart, every week the updates get more and more difficult for me. I'm thinking about myself, not you. <laughs> it's really, they're getting very hard, if I could be so candid with you. And the Lord is so faithful, He's so good, and as only He can, and is always so faithful to, just settles my heart and calms me, and ministers to me, and says to me, just get them to me. That's all you got to do. And, and, and don't take too long. Just get them to me as quickly as you can. So I mean, that just kind of took the edge off, took the pressure off. And so I stand before you today, as is my privilege every week to do, and I just have a very simple message for you. Get to Jesus, and don't wait. <laughs> Get to Jesus. Jesus and His soon return to rapture us as His bride is not only our blessed hope, it is our only hope. And thankfully, here's the thing, we still have time. <laughs> it's a very short window of time and opportunity, but we still have some time, as little and as short as that time is, to seize the moment and reach the lost for Jesus now. I think about in Israel, the Jewish people, they need Jesus. I think about the Arab people, my people, they need Jesus. Jesus is our only hope. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, it's recorded in Ephesians chapter 5, I want to read verses 15 and 16. He speaks to this. Listen to this. He says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. I don't know if there is another verse as fitting as this for us today. We are living in a day 
where evil is seemingly waxing worse and worse, not only by the day, but seemingly with each passing hour. And it is incumbent upon us as God's people in these last moments of world history to seize every opportunity, make the most of every opportunity, and be very careful how it is that we conduct our lives, circumspect in every regard, circumspect, carrying with it the idea, circular, being aware of everything that is happening around you, and being very careful then, living in wisdom wisely, not unwisely or foolishly. When he writes to the Romans, this is a well-known verse in chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, Paul says, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, and here's why, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Listen to what Jesus said. It's recorded in John 8 verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Would you agree with me that the world is getting darker by the moment? But for those of us who know Jesus, we will never walk in darkness regardless of how dark the world is. Why? Because we have the light of life. Who's the light of life? Jesus. Psalm 119, 105. I love this verse, this psalm. Great psalm. Thy word, O Lord, is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet, to light the way in this world that is getting darker with each passing moment. Jesus is the light. I would humbly submit, and again I'm asking if you'll just bear with me, I truly believe with all my heart that God is even now judging this dark world. And He's doing so, so people will let go of the world, especially His people, and follow Jesus as the light of the world. Now stay with me because we have a problem. (laughs) The problem is, There are those who are saying that there's going to be this great revival, this great awakening. And the result 
is that many, and we're talking about Christians, are still holding out hope in this world, which has the effect of delaying, even dismantling any urgency concerning the Lord's soon return. Because if that's true, and it's not, that there's coming this great revival before Jesus can come back, then that means that Jesus cannot come back until there's a great revival. But wait a minute. (laughs) If there's going to be a revival, then that means that Jesus isn't coming because there has to be this first, you fill in the blank. And so now all of a sudden I'm, I'm not turning my eyes upon Jesus. I'm not looking up and lifting up my head, knowing that my redemption draws nigh, seeing all of these things begin to come to pass. Because this has to happen first. You have just delayed my Master's coming. Don't be doing that. Probably already know where I'm going with this, so I'll just get to this. Matthew chapter 24. To me, one of the most astonishing of the parables that Jesus ever taught. It's at the end of Matthew 24. I'll begin reading in verse 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master may ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But, oh boy, if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, no hurry, no worry, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour that he is not aware of, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what the difference between these two servants was? The faithful servant was found faithful when his master returned because he lived his life believing that his master could return at any time. Conversely, the evil servant, by contrast, did not live his life in such a way, because he did not believe that his master was going to come as soon as he did. 
So he's got plenty time. Party on. Eat, drink, be merry, no worry, no hurry. And then when the master returns, he is completely caught off guard, totally not expecting his master to return as soon as he did. I'm going to get right to the point. Some of you are saying to yourself, thank you, pastor. It's about time. Just get to the point here. Some of you are probably asking, do you even have a point? I absolutely have a point, yes. So for over a year now, I have basically been saying the same thing over and over again, week in and week out. And what I've been saying for over a year now, week in and week out, is this is how it ends. This is the end. And there are two reasons that I have been so bold in this regard. And the first is because of the detailed prophecies found in the Bible. Again, I have to, in the interest of time, paint this prophetic canvas with a broad brush, starting with 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. This prophecy, very detailed, tells us the tribulation cannot begin, nor the Antichrist be revealed until the church of Jesus Christ is raptured. 2 Thessalonians 2.3. Isaiah 17.1, where we find a prophecy, I believe another dual prophecy concerning Damascus, Syria. And in verse 1 of Isaiah 17, we are told that Damascus, Syria will be completely destroyed, so much so that it becomes an uninhabitable heap of rubble. The city is uninhabitable and tacks a heavy toll on Israel when it happens, especially northern Israel there in the Golan. Well, Ezekiel 38, we talk about this often. It tells us that an alliance led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey will invade Israel from Syria, which is why many believe, present company included, that it will happen in concert with, even simultaneously with, the Isaiah 17:1 prophecy. When Damascus is destroyed, then they invade Israel. Now, many believe that this is after the rapture. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. 
We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.